Hey, nerds! It's Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Exclusive tabletop game podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest. All levels of gamers. Analog gaming. Tabletop news. Dungeons and Dragons. Stupid, mindless bad. There will definitely be some bet. That's probably our best. Lot that, that's, that's, our, that's our best feature. You are listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast. This segment of the podcast is sponsored by Dragonflight, a tabletop games convention dedicated to promoting the educational and social benefits of gaming in the Pacific Northwest. Hey, geeks. Blue Samurai here. I'm with... Rebeculous. And I'm still Paul. And it's episode 54. 54? Yes, it is right after Dragonflight. And we are exhausted. Yes. Had a great time. Especially me. Played a lot of games, did a lot of interviews. Paul, I think you did the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. I did did three. I participated in three. Thank you for coming for three, Rebecca. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the last. I had, to go, see, I had to go see Weird Al on That's true. I had to go see. Come on. That's a nerdy thing. It's a white nerdy thing. Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> good so good that's because you interviewed uh, Weird Al. Yeah. Did, oh, yes. yeah. Did I not tell you that? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I haven't uh, right. uploaded Next it episode. to our... Where, okay, good. where does he go good. for his perms? Uh, it's natural. No, oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Oh. All over or just his head? Didn't ask that. Okay. Oh. I thought that would be a little invasive. Well, we had... Uh, <laughs> Well, we did have a great time. We had we did. a lot of interviews of uh, game designers, game developers. You know, I haven't quite figured out if we call them developers. Designers. Different people prefer different things. Yeah. I don't know where that line is, so I try to ask them before we talk to them. Yeah, and we're going to try to slow roll these out uh, maybe once an episode. Every two, two three months. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we had uh, David Gerard, which was our big one. Yeah. Thank you, David. For yeah, thank you, David. That's a fun that. guy. He's like yeah. a mushroom. He is. He's a fun guy. I liked meeting yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, Playtest Northwest. Nicole, thank you thank for you. Uh, coming on. In and fact, everybody from Playtest Play Northwest. Yes. Right. In fact, uh, are we gonna? Is that the one we're going to do today? Is uh, Nicole's? We're going to do it. Nicole's interview. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Plus, well, we're also going to do Matthew Carver. Oh, okay. Who is also from Playtest Northwest? All right. Well, in the meantime, what about the news? What about con news? Con news. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Let's see what's going on here. The in the news, I'm. Rencon has a website this year. It's amazing. Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's going to be in Renton. It's Renton City Comic Con. And it's rentoncitycomiccon.com. Boy, it's really hard to say. It's September 7th and 8th in Renton, Washington at the Renton Technical College. They've got a bunch of special guests. I'm going to buzz through some of them. They're artists, cosplayers, tech, and science guests. Um, I'm Jen Cohn, not Con. Um, Stephen Smith, Sean Morse, Nick Ketman, Murray Grissiel, uh, Ryan Wells, Alia Matthews, Niles Wilson, Richard Boyd, and many, many more. Up next, we have Rose City Comic Con, which of course is in Portland, the Rose City. That is September 13th through 15th. Is that its nickname? I thought it was like the Bridge City. No, it's the Rose City. Yeah. I know nothing. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's at the Oregon Convention Center in Portland, Oregon. And, of course, they've got a, a, a ton of awesome stuff, including five-time Grammy winner Weird Al Yankovic. Woohoo! Yeah, so that's going to be super cool. My friend. I would totally recommend you go through that. Um, a little bit of sad news. 
Um, Snake River Phantom Con or Fandom Con, a little bit confusing, is canceled. Oh. Um, so Dateline, what? March 20th, 2019, in um, the eastidahonews.com. Um, Pocatello Snake River Fandom Con has provided East Idaho with a full weekend of nerdy mirth and merriment for the past two years. Love mirth. But a statement went up on the convention's website and Facebook page Monday announcing the con's cancellation due to serious health issues affecting its owner, which is terrible. Oh, oh, so, someone someone else tried to pick it up that just kind of fell through. Oh. So Cons are hard to make. Cons, cons are not easy. Get well, dude. Or mm. do that. Yes. Also, this tiny little thing called PAX is happening in Seattle at the convention center and various other places. Um, let's see. Um, the four-day pass is sold out. You might be able to get a pass for Friday, and you, might, you can certainly get a pass for Monday. Saturday and Sunday, you're not going. Right. Or you could just sneak in, like in the movie theaters in the old days, uh, you just sneak in the I don't think door. the enforcers are going to. Have you been to PAX? Right the enforcers now. are not going to let well, that happen. You get there on Friday. Uh-huh. And then go in the bathroom and sleep. Just there. stay there until yes. Saturday morning when the con opens. You know what I think That's a great cool. idea. Nobody will be in the bathroom. Let's try it. Let's podcast that experience. We should. We, well, let's do that. Yeah. Me too. And, yeah. Well, that's what we're going to be doing. And it's, it's also not like PAX has uh, the, the day printed on the badge. And enforcers everywhere. Well, we can just take a marker. <laughs> oh, yes. We'll just, yes. We're totally going to Ocean's Eleven this thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. And that's really what's going on for con news right now. Does that mean okay. I'm Shirley McLean? Oh, that's old Ocean's Eleven. Sorry. Yes, that's old Ocean's Eleven. Who, who is the female? In Julia that? Roberts. Oh, okay. Well, the good news. I get confused um, with her all the time. You know, even yes. though there's not a lot of cons after about PAX, I mean, there's just there's a, a lot, lot of pros. There's there, there's stuff there's going the on, but one. I'm saving it. There's <laughs> the big one. We got we always got to schlep OrcaCon. OrcaCon, yes. Orcacon is coming up in January. I, I don't know the dates because I didn't write them down. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> Tell you what, why don't you start talking about Orcacon and I'll come up with the dates. Orcacon is a wonderful game convention in January at the Bellevue Hilton. January 10th through the 13th, to 10th be through the 13th. Yeah. So the dates change every year, but my brain doesn't change every year. Yes. I have the same brain. Um Tabletop game convention, super exclusive, uh, super inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got fun food trucks, and we're going to have an interview with the uh, executive director of Orcacon coming up here very soon yeah. on the podcast because we just recorded that at Dragonflight. That's right. And speaking of Dragonflight, in 2020 they're going to have another one. So get your badges. You <laughs> <laughs> stand in line. Wow. <laughs> it's been one day since Dragonflight. Some advance notice, yes, y'all. That's- I already got yeah, mine. 364 days. To- oh, I forgot to get mine. Yeah, mine. Oh, well. Oh, well. So, what about tabletop game news? Wait, are we, are we going to do the beer thing? We, we did that for a couple of episodes and then well, it died. We like do your thing, but sometimes. go ahead. Well, it should be. Like I, I don't know what I have. I just uh, what, what Steve has is a, is a sump coffee stout. So it's coffee. Um, yes, it's coffee, so it's not Shoot. alcoholic at all. I do you remember what yeah. that was? I, um, I don't. I didn't even look at it. I so at the, so what Steve's got is a 10.5% ABV. Okay, if you knew this guy, <laughs> this is severe. And I think we should show footage of him after My he DM. finishes it. It, it is My from DM. Perennial Artisan Ales mm-hmm. in, of St. Louis, Missouri. All right. 60 IBUs. I don't nice. know what that means. Me either. Okay. It's got 60 of them, though. Yes. And you're drinking the same thing. I'm drinking the same thing. That's how I know what Steve's drinking. I forgot what I'm drinking, so I feel well, That looks delicious. like coffee. Looks this like is foam. coffee, and that's beer. You can do both. Not together, though. 
Well, they're together because that's what we're drinking. Yes. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> okay, game news. All right, game news. So Let's excited. see what we have here. We got a lot. You should be. I have I have a game that comes from your homeland. Oh. And it's... Uh, Lake you. Stevens? Lake Stevens, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. All right. Woo! Lake uh, Stevens, No, right. this look cute. You know how I just stop on cute things. Yes, so, um, of course. Hip- hippo boar rancher. Have you heard of that? Uh, have you no. heard of a hippo boar? I've heard of hippos. Have you ever seen I a hippo I bet they're boar? delicious. They're super cute, and they mm-hmm. probably are delicious, too. Okay. Uh, so this is on Kickstarter. It's from... I can't pronounce the game... Otusun, Otusun land. I, it's a Jeff. Otusun. Otusun. Anyway, they're out of Vancouver, Washington. This thing's about half funded. And there's three weeks left. Uh, it's a farming simulation game with a colorful cast of characters. Obviously, hippo boars. Uh, it's currently in development for release later this year in Japan. It stars the hippo boar, or in Japanese, Kaibano. Did I say that right? Kaibano. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's like anyway, Bono. I guess it's like their parent group <laughs> mascot. I don't know who that is. So this, is, so the main guy is this dark elf named Logan Lansdale, and he's kind of a good guy, kind of a bad guy. And he's a debt collector, and someone couldn't pay their debts, so they gave him this deed to their ranch. And it's a rundown ranch, and right when he gets there, all the hippo bears are escaping because the gates all crumbled and everything. So he gets help from this uh, young panther named Eve, and together they go on adventures and quests to improve the facilities and build a hippobore farming empire. Wow, this sounds more like a cartoon. Wait, than and like, game. Wait, wait a minute, there's a drow I know. and his panther, kind of like Dritz, a but weird. not yeah. Dritz because they don't want to get sued. Exactly, yeah, sure. Okay. You know what, go with it. That go works, with it'll it. be fine. Like the only other I thing like I wrote it. down for that was okay. that the hippobores say borp. Borp? That's borp. what they say. That's Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so when I go to the zoo, that's what they sound like. Uh, <laughs> do you go to the zoo? I do. Often. Yes. Uh, this other game uh, caught my eye. Um, Zephyr. Zephyr. From, uh, from Seattle. Um, it is a tactical role-playing game. It's a new tabletop RPG because there's not too many of those out there. Mm-hmm. So we need another one. Um, takes place on Earth in the 1930s, but instead of all the industrialization and whatnot that happened, uh, then there's it's all about magic and and mystical stuff. And they're on the brink of war, and basically adventurers wield machine guns and magical items as they seek out adventure, mystery, and great fortune. And you can be an elite soldier or a powerful mage or a cosmically attuned spiritist, very similar to the other RPGs. Had a cool look to it, though. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so there's that. I found this one that was kind of nifty. It's it's not doesn't I don't know. It's called 1,200 words, and it's out of Bellingham by this uh, chap named Taylor Smith, and it is an illustrated autobio collection of about of 200 word analog RPGs, and they're all about mental health. Huh. And it's kind of interesting. Interesting. There's, it comes with five different uh, stories to start. They're each 200 words long, and it really just kind of talked a lot about the art, the beautiful art. It didn't actually kind of talk about how you get into playing these short, short mental health RPGs. I'm not sure what that's about. And Interesting. We can all use a little mental health. Oh, yes. Right? Oh, yeah. All right. So this one, let's see, before I get to Polly's, Polly's contribution, uh, Cover Your Kingdom by Brent Beck out of Gramp- Grandpa Beck's Games. Uh, that is from Seattle also. A ponderfully ruthless party game from the creators of Cover Your Assets, Skull King, and The Bears and the Bees. Touching my screen. Touching, touching my your screen. Sc- touching your screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Cover Your Kingdom is an observably cutthroat, take this and that and the other set collection party game. Quick to pick up, hard to put down, and constantly amusing. 
just looks like a fun bunch of cards. You get irregular creatures and regular creatures and wild creatures and tokens, and I see no dice. So Boo. So there's that. No, I like the card. I like the do what it says on the card game. So Me too. Fun. I'm kidding. Anyway, so that's cool. You can never tell if you're kidding. Sometimes I think you're kidding all the time. <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay, and then last, lastly, last but not least, still Paul brought this to my attention. Uh, he saw it this past weekend at, where were we? Dragonflight? Dragonflight. Mm-hmm. Thousand Year Beard. I um, wanted to interview the game designer, but I, I just kept forgetting, and we, we kept getting more interviews piled on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, I'm tired now. Maybe tomorrow. It, it looks like a, a super cute game. It does. It's a little card game about, it's, uh, oh, D.D. O'Brien, should say the guy's name. And uh, it's a little card game he wrote about growing big beards, where players are fantasy dwarves competing to grow the longest beard. Awesome. I know. Okay, all right. You, you should play this game. You should try and play this game. Are you trying to make fun of my well, lack? Well, every November. We can grow some, like, November here and, like, around. here. Look, they have face cards. <clears throat> I like that. That's good. Face mm-hmm. cards, That's grooming good. cards, mm-hmm. silver cards. You could use some grooming cards. <laughs> and you build the beard with wow. these cards. It's super cute. Um, two two dwarven cheat sheets and two fuzz tracker sets. Nice. Buddy. And uh, let's see. Uh, I believe mean, he's. But yeah. I, I don't know. There's there's more. There's things you get if you you know pledge a certain amount. And they're super cute. Yeah. And it looks like it's fully funded, but there's a couple there's, weeks left. I got a little pin. Got yeah. a little pin with a cool. big red beard on it. And no one will know what the hell that is except me. Cool. Um, that's me. That's it. That's my segment. Okay, I and do, we're out. I do have three things though. I do oh. want to. I do want to plug because it's out. important. Because there's a lot of miniatures gamers out there, and I know a lot of people like Warhammer 40k. So new Space Marines are available to pre-order from Games Workshop. There's a new Space Marine Codex making its rounds for you, 40k players. And as usual, when there's a new Codex release, the next couple of waves are also. For that faction, as such, there's a new marine. There are new marines that you can get, so check it out on Games Workshop. Fantasy Flight previews: Imperial Shore Troopers for Star Wars Legion. Shore Troopers, not Stormtroopers. <laughs> These are Shore Troopers. Like lifeguards. They go on the shore. It's like slow jogging mark? And, in their, and, in their, and their red, red armor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Red shorts. That's right. Uh, With the you, one buxom female storm. Yes. yes. If you want to re, you know, replay the whole uh, Baywatch thing, you can with short trips. <laughs> be, is, there a Bay, is there a Baywatch RPG? We should make one. We should there make should one. Be. We should make there one. Should uh, also available on <clears throat> another set of miniatures is House Tolly Cavaliers hey. for a Song of Fire and Ice. And yeah, check it out. Is is, Ed, cool. is Edmure in there? Actually, the, it's a, the song the song. Is he a Cavalier. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, remember the re- bravest of the Tullys. I will. I will read this to you. Um, House Stark has long made allies with the other houses around them. It's just they do, just it's as they do. Just, so when a dire, <laughs> you know what? It doesn't matter. Check them it out. Looks it looks really cool because it is cool. It is cool. Yeah. Whoever says Game of Thrones ain't cool. Totally can just talk to me. The last episode kind of made me a little don't upset. Oh, yes. Let's not, let's not go down that road again. No. Are, you, are you done with your news? I don't think we spent I am. Time. I, 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 breaking I, news? I have two questions for you. Yes, sir. Do you like Dungeons and Dragons? I do. do. Look at your shirt. Do you like Rick and Morty? I like Rick and Morty. You know, I heard uh, through uh, a tiny device that there's going to be a, a Dungeons and Dragons. How room. small was this device, Paul? <laughs> it's about this big. About the size of an iPhone. Yes. <laughs> 
And it and it said there's going to be a Dungeons and Dragons versus Rick and Morty box set. Ooh. Did you did you know about that? I did not know. Oh, not one of us that likes Rick and Morty should buy it and do an unboxing. We might have to do that. That's gonna be November. Okay. I'm gonna use all that. It comes with comes awesome with some podcast. It comes with it comes getting. with a rule book. It comes with dice. Okay. It comes with an adventure, of course, because otherwise mm-hmm. there's no adventure. Um, so yeah. Do you know what else is coming sooner than that? Um, Descent to Avernus. Descent in Baldur's Gate. Descent into Avernus. Okay. So check out your game store. Ask for it from your local game store. Get you the want to support get them. the alt cover because yes, oh my god, it is so cool. Definitely. Are you gonna be our DM for that? We don't have time to play three adventures. Sure we do. We have yeah, all we can, time we can rotate it. <laughs> we can rotate <laughs> it. Or you can be the DM. No, Rebeculous. No. I think you should try. I think you should try to do it. Aaron Baldur's Gate, Descendant of Avernus. Check it out. I think it's September 17th. Go to your local game store because you do want to support them. Yes. Also, coming up, uh, this is new on D&D Beyond, so it's all, there'll also be a hardcover, is Eberron Rising from the Last War. Right. Um, so check it out. Explore the lens of Emeron in this campaign. Uh, it's a source book, an additional source book to the um, White Wayfinder's Guide of Emeron. So if you like that, that's the alt cover I was thinking of. <laughs> was it? I've been looking at too much stuff on the internet. Yeah, I think you probably. Yeah. Have. Oh well, that's okay. Still alt covers. Cool. I still love you. Um, I think that's about it. So should we go into the interview? Well, before we go in the interview, uh, just let everyone know out there if you're like, hey. When am I going to hear this awesome designer, game designer? We're going to roll it out. And also, some of you are thinking, hey, I want to listen to that Car Wars, Death by Death. Oh. So that's that will come, except for the fact it takes time. <laughs> it does it take takes a, a lot of time. Car Wars episode is a lot more work. Yes, it is a <laughs> lot more work. I haven't even started. It usually takes me a while because there's a whole bunch of different files I have to put together. And I have to find the corresponding sound effects yes. to go with it. And, uh, and share them with it. me. That's, That's right. not what you're supposed to tell them. I haven't even started it. You're supposed to build up. It was no, two days ago. It was two days. Yeah. Holy cow, man! <laughs> it's working. Plus, I was really sad that Jesse lost. I was Jesse. Really oh, for Jesse. Jesse. But, no. Picture of Jesse right here. Yes. You, you can put, put it that right up. Here. Do you yes. have a picture of Jesse? Well, I can find a picture of okay, Jesse. Well, I follow well, him on we'll Instagram. On can you make it round and put it right here? <laughs> yes. Uh, boy, if Jesse were on our podcast, that'd be Which, excellent. by the way, Jesse, if you haven't done this, and any other person that listens to your podcast, please, can you please rate us? Please. And share us. Tell your friends. Yeah. And and subscribe to us on YouTube as well, because that we, we would like to have more subscribers. Yes, please. On Review us on Facebook. Any yeah. one of those are, things would be great. Are right. we begging for... Yes. We're totally begging. We're begging. Totally, totally. I mean, you could, look, if you hate us, you can write how much That's, we suck, but put us, give us five stars. Yes. Hate's a little strong. Five stars, really bad review. Don't hate us. That's fine. We're all about peace and love. Don't do one star in great... <laughs> that is not good for us. We're talking to you, Kyle. Yes. <laughs> we are. I'm not. I don't know who you are. All right. Are. So, is that it? Should is, we go in our interview? Is Let's this, do it. Talk is to this Nicole? This, Nicole I would like from... to apologize for talking so much during this upcoming interview. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> With that, let's uh, see what Nicole has to say. Yes. This part of the episode is brought to you by Games Plus. From board games to role-playing games to miniatures, we have something for the whole family. Come to Games Plus in Lake Stevens, Washington. Now, back to our show. Hey, geeks. So we're here with a very special guest. We're here with Nicole with Playtest Northwest. How's it going, Nicole? Oh, it's pretty good. 
Now, we're really glad to have you here. You know, we've had Playtest uh, Northwest here on our podcast before. Uh, but, you know, just a refresher, tell us what uh, Playtest Northwest is. Yeah, so Playtest Northwest is an organization of local indie game designers. We host a bunch of events throughout the year um, at uh, game stores and conventions. And we're kind of built around the idea of kind of building a Playtest community. When uh, we're at the monthly events that are at cafes and stores, they tend to be a little bit more casual. Game designers are working on their games, playing each other's games. And then conventions like Dragonflight are great because we basically have more uh, public playtesting where you know, gamers and people who are in, you know, buy and purchase games get to play prototype games kind of, uh, that have been developed throughout the year. Right, the rank and file. Yeah, exactly. A nice little cycle of uh, game yes. development, or well, at least the playtesting cycle of it. Right. So how did this all come about? Uh, I mean, just a bunch of game designers went, hey, we need a former group to, to look out for one another? Or? Yeah, pre- pretty, pretty much. much. So um, I, uh, my partner Luke and I were uh, in the process of making a game, and uh, we basically were running into the same issue that a lot of other designers were. Um, and those other designers and small companies uh, ended up being uh, Daily Magic Games and you know Thing 12 Games. And there are another, uh, a number of other small indie publishers that you know, do self-publishing and stuff. And in 2015, we bas- they basically started Playtest Northwest as an organization that went to different conventions. We had our first event ever at the ETX. Uh, in 2015, which was also the first time that convention happened, and so that was kind of the first debut of it. Um, Yeah, the intention of the group kind of came out of the fact that, you know, a lot of us would play games with friends and family. Uh, We get to a point where Mm -hmm. we couldn't, you know, we weren't know if they were being too nice or they just, you know, a lot of times they don't want to play your game anymore, and, you know, we needed uh, kind of an audience that would be kind of willing and able to uh, playtest our games and give good feedback. Right, and it goes beyond just playtesting, too, because there's uh, there's advice that can be given from, Mm -hmm. uh, because of the designers that are there, um, people that went through the process. Yeah. Um, so that, it's nice to have that. I mean, yeah, so if I were an up and coming game designer mm-hmm. and I had this idea, what's the, and I called you or contacted you, what, what services could you help me with or what, what would you tell me to do? Right, right. So the process... Probably no, don't contact us. Yeah, right? yeah. I was going to say, oh, I'm very bad with phone calls. I kind of like swear off phone calls oh. if, I, if I can. But um, so yeah, most of our, most of our kind of uh, organiza- uh, organizational stuff for the events happen online. And so I always tell people, you know, the first thing you can do is join our meetup group. So if you go to meetup.com slash playtestnorthwest, so playtestnw, you don't have to spell it out or anything. Um, that's where all of our events are listed. It's very easy to just kind of sign up RSVP and then mm-hmm. attend an event and kind of meet other designers, uh, kind of see how the format of the event works. Um, you can definitely answer or ask questions that you have about game design and kind of mm-hmm. maybe prototyping for the first time. Uh, all of our designers are very approachable and are very excited to also kind of share uh, some of their some of their mistakes or some right. of the, the ways that they had kind of um, made their game. And after that, if you're, you know, I, I always recommend people that they attend the events first, maybe play other people's games, kind of meet some designers before just bringing their game. And then as you kind of right. get comfortable and you kind of understand, like, the process, um, you can go to our website, playtestnorthwest.com, and there's a mm-hmm. registration page for designers. And basically they can register their prototype, and so that makes it easier for us mm-hmm. um, on the kind of admin side to either promote their game on social media when we're at events like this, and we can also make table signs and mm-hmm. stuff for them as well. And th- those are the basically the two things to get started as a designer. 
And then after that, it's pretty much just kind of attend the meetup events and you know sign up for the conventions mm -hmm. when they when they go out. Uh, our email newsletter is also very important. That's where all of our demo signups go out mm -hmm. to. So they're also on the contact page on our website. You can sign up for the newsletter uh, there. What I really like is what you guys do at events like Dragonfly is you, you uh, take over a bunch of tables yeah. and you, you um, designate them with yellow table tablecloths. Mm -hmm. And then you know that's the playtest North, Northwest area. We did this, I think, last Dragonfly. I think we so. played a, a game where the floor was lava. Oh, and yes. we, we, play, we, we played that like two, two or three great games yeah. mm -hmm. that, yeah. that I was hoping would get made so we could buy them. I really liked the lava game. Mm -hmm. But I think it's super fun just to go around, talk to the makers, and then play their game and give some feedback. Yeah, the, convention, the convention events are definitely our, our kind of larger events that we kind of build towards. So dra between Dragonflight and then in a couple of weeks we're going to be at PAX West. Those are our two largest events of the year. So at Dragonflight, for those of you who are not actually physically here. <laughs> uh, we have eight tables. Um, they're kind of broken up into two-hour time blocks. And so basically every two hours you're kind of looking at uh, ga different games getting switched out. Uh, some of the games uh, at Dragonflight, are a little, we try to focus on, we know the crowd here, and we, tend, we know uh -huh. that they like strategy games yeah. and are not afraid of some of the longer games. And so sometimes we'll make those two-hour blocks like four-hour blocks okay. and leave enough time for basically the games that are, you know, over an hour long to yeah. kind of uh, breathe a little bit. Yeah, right. cool. But yeah, so for uh, uh, so for Dragonflight, we have, you know, we start at like 10 a.m. and we go until 8 p.m. and we have that every two-hour cycle. And how we kind of encourage people to come and play test games that aren't out yet, you know, when they have all of these other, you know, nice shiny RPGs and things to do is we also do a play tester raffle. And so if you play test games and fill out feedback forms and then bring them back up to the staff, uh, we get you raffle tickets to win board game prizes. Cool. Yeah, and a lot of those right. prizes are, it's really awesome. Again, kind of going back to that mm -hmm. whole cycle, a lot of those uh, board games are donated from designers who had their games published. Awesome. So we All get right. a lot of, we get a lot of uh, donations from Daily Magic Games, um, from Junk Spirit Games, uh, and uh, Thing 12. Mm -hmm. Uh, as well, and just a lot of other, you know, some of the uh, self-publishers will also kind of donate, uh, you know, copies here and there. And it's just this really nice cycle where you can it's kind great. of see what, you know, the end product essentially of this game after these people have play tested for years. Yeah. And what's kind of nice is sometimes you can point to the game and you're like, oh, well, this uh, designer is actually here demoing uh, their new yeah, game that, that they're working neat. on. <laughs> yeah. So is there um, a fee that uh, members do, or I, I know you're a nonprofit, but um, mm -hmm. how do you how do you keep running? How do you Gotcha. Yeah. So, so it's been kind of a, a little bit of an informal uh, organization um, over the last uh, few years, and actually, we're not technically a nonprofit yet. We started the okay. we started the fundraising earlier this year to kind of uh, start the process with a uh, with the nonprofit kind of mm -hmm. status. And so before then, we had like paid membership, and there was a little bit more of like kind of a tiered yeah membership to get in on some of the conventions. And uh, we kind of changed that because I didn't necessarily want that to be a barrier. Uh, okay. And I kind of wanted to switch more to like mm -hmm. a fundraising kind of uh, um, focus. And okay. so, yeah, now that we've gotten the funds to kind of start um, the uh, process of getting towards nonprofit, paying for all the fees and and uh, other stuff involved, uh, other paperwork and fun stuff like that involved. You know, the next step right. is setting up the board and then, um, you know, doing all the bylaws and all that, that yeah. kind of fun paperwork <laughs> and stuff. And, um, you know, beyond that, I think it's, you know, we, we want to focus on fundraising, but I also want to focus on like other mm -hmm. potential paid events. We've noticed over the last few years that, um, you know, our, our assistance with game designers kind of ends after the playtesting phase. 
and we kind of want to. Everyone has questions about like you know Kickstarter, or how, yeah, to, how, to, approach, how to approach publishers, mm-hmm. and right. how to build sell sheets, and so we want to do events that are maybe paid or or you know have you know tickets or something involved, mm-hmm. so people can kind of uh, uh, learn those skills, and we can have designers right. themselves teach other designers that are kind of new, kind of uh, how to go about that. Well, and, and hopefully. Uh, someone who's successful and use your organization will, you know, pay pay for it, right? Pay pay mm-hmm. back the organization that helped them out. Yeah. Um, because you've got uh, folks all over the spectrum, right? You got some pretty successful folks that came through Playtest mm-hmm. Northwest, and you got the the people that we interviewed just, just starting out. <laughs> just starting out. Yeah. Uh, ones that are deciding, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna do a Kickstarter. I'm gonna try to go through a publisher first. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of hopes and dreams out there. Uh-huh. Um, you know, hopefully they're successful. We've talked to some of the folks that have been successful. Uh, David Gerard is one of them. Yep. Uh, we, in fact, we, we kind of talked to him from the very beginning, so that was kind of cool uh, watching yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, but so, how, can you name some of the the big successes that maybe some of our listeners and viewers might know that oh, uh, yeah. went through yours? You went through Playtest Northwest? Definitely, definitely. So, yeah, you, you mentioned uh, David Gerard, who's at mm-hmm. Junk Spirit Games. Uh, we have an interesting history because uh, back, like, oh, my God, it wasn't that long ago. It was probably only five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reviewing games, and that's kind of how I got into kind of this board game community. Uh-huh. And um, it, I had uh, seen, like, I think he had uh, Junk King at the time was one of the first games that they had uh, self-published. And then they mm-hmm. went and did, like, Crows. They now have uh, By Order of the Queen, yep. uh, Battle of the Bards just came out, and they have you know a big banner for it out there, uh, and they have a couple other games they're working on. You know, uh, people are very familiar with the Daily Magic games, uh-huh. uh, games. So anything in the Valeria universe, um, mm-hmm. they also have another um, kind of world. They have another couple worlds they're building up: the Amaranth world that has like the Wizard's Tower and um, Thieves Den that they're building, and then there's like a like an, uh, more of their Egypt kind of side of it too. You know, Thing 12 is also another uh, great success. We have uh, all of their dice games, so Dice of Crowns, uh, Dice of Pirates. I think they're testing and about to kickstart Dice of Dragons, um, and they're well known there. We definitely have uh, a number of other games that are kind of, uh, or a num- number of other publisher, or sorry, <laughs> number of other designers that have kind of self-published a game that may not be as widely known, but they were definitely successful on Kickstarter. Right. So, um, oh gosh, I'm, I'm forgetting all of their names, of course, right now, <laughs> but okay. we've had, uh, you know, you mentioned the, the Lava game, and uh, we had uh, another couple that was making a game that, that it kind of, there were some similarities there, but there was like a dragon hopping kind of tag-based game uh-huh. that they had successfully funded. I know um, Blue Heron games uh he's not here with us this year but he had put out about three different games too there was the uh cats and curiosity uh cats and curiosity cats and cuddles i believe and then um he had uh oh my gosh uh, what is that i forget i forget. he made a number of other games but i'm sorry <laughs> i can't remember all of them now and i guess i'll save the last uh, uh shout out to uh, uh myself and luke who started with our food truck themed game and did that for a couple years and then that ended up being food truck champion which is uh published by daily magic oh so, well congratulations yeah. on that yeah thank so. you and i mean we it's right. just there's so i could i could continue going on for forever yeah. and ever and even uh, a thousand year beard who is here is currently on kickstarter and is approaching his funding goal and okay. so it's constant there's just constantly people um that are connected here that um you know end up being successes. Uh, another one actually that might be a little bit more relevant uh, as far as like kind of uh, people who know them outside of the Pacific Northwest is uh, Flat Out Games. 
um, tested their point salad game at a couple of our events in, over the last uh, few years, and they ended up getting picked. That game ended up getting picked up by AEG and was like a very big hit at Gen Con this year. Wow! Cool. And so, and it's so weird to think that you know, you know, AEG sharing this game all over the place, people mm-hmm. playing it at the game night before Gen Con, and being like that came out of Seattle. There was right. it started right. here, right. and so it, we are very, very uh, um, happy to have such a great community of people who are you know indie designers that end up being right. successes but they also kind of come back and kind of help play test other people's games and help give them advice on on doing the same kind of you know uh, journey it must be nice uh, to see that so because a lot of these people we talk to they you know if you're a, if you're thinking about developing a game it's really hard by the way and uh, you better keep your day job because a lot of them have mm-hmm. to keep their day job because there's something called health insurance you have to do in a mortgage yeah. um, and it's so nice to someone who's struggling that somehow you know it doesn't happen all the time but maybe you know they they make it and they get a little get a little more cash life is a little easier for them but Mm -hmm. uh, and they're off on a new journey Mm -hmm. so it's nice to nice to see that and you helped out on that yeah yeah and it's and it's i love seeing kind of where uh people go to because you know some people will uh go the route of of uh you know making sell sheets and just kind of exclusively just like pitching their games to different publishers and so they get right. their game they're more known as a designer and then they get published you know by a bunch of different people and then there's some that you know uh, like uh, like Thing 12 games where it's like nope we're gonna self-publish all of our games or we're, or we're also signing games and uh, you know they become a, a publishing house and yeah. so they you know kind of go the route of a lot of the other kind of Kickstarter based publishers that you see kind of grow like uh-huh. I think it's like Colossal or you know I mean even Daily Magic too who just kind of exclusively do Kickstarter based uh, uh, funding and then uh, for their games yeah. and uh, you know and then there's some people it's it's in rarer occasions but um, you know we uh, Luke and I had tested uh, and developed Food Truck Champion for like oh my god it was like four years plus the like year of preparing for Kickstarter and then the year of like a um, of uh, basic well daily magic did all of all of the work with the with the kickstarter and fulfillment and all of that but um after that both uh luke and i ended up uh working as uh, contractors at the um it's now it's now funko games but we're now kind of uh producers on games uh professionally which i didn't if you would have asked me two years ago i i never would have thought that was possible yeah. but now you're starting to see you know the growth of the game industry in general mm-hmm. and if you've gone through and done all the hard work of actually, you know, building a community or testing games or like building your own game. We actually have like a good set of skills that if, you know, a lot of these companies end up kind of growing and getting bigger and needing either designers or producers or people who have actually gone through that process, you already have that knowledge and that experience. Right. Yeah. And so again, it's not like, it's, please still keep day jobs, right? right. Yeah. They're not, they're not like everywhere, but uh, it's, it's a really interesting um, kind of, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's really interesting to see kind of the industry grow and right. then those opportunities also grow. So uh, how many... Um, okay. Uh, how, <laughs> how, many, um, how many members do you have? And uh, we were talking about this, or, mm-hmm. part of your group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> uh, let's see. So it, uh, you know, I, we're, as, as, our, as we were walking over here, it kind of, it kind of varies. I mean, we okay. definitely have a lot of people who are signed up. We have about uh, maybe 600 people on the mm-hmm. meetup group, and we have about uh, 1,300 on the email newsletter. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, like like you mentioned, this is kind of yeah. a, a side gig for a lot of people. You know, a lot of them are managing you know families and jobs and 
you know, other, yeah. other commitments and stuff. And right. so we don't have necessarily a lot of people who are full time into it, but we are accessible enough that I feel like people can come back into right. the events kind of whenever they are ready and whenever they're ready to kind of push their game. So I would say we probably have about a hundred kind of active members mm -hmm. that kind of uh, will go to events here and there. And obviously we'll, you know, definitely come back out for uh, conventions and things like that. But you know, as we start going towards the nonprofit route, as we start having you know more events that are kind of targeted towards helping people with even making the game or, or pitching their game, I think that the activity will will also grow as well. Right. What about the uh, the biggest cost of some of these games is uh, artists, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's you, you, that is probably the most expensive part. Yeah. So, is there um, do you guys help them with that at all? Is there is there artists that are part of your group maybe looking for a job to, with a game designer? Right. How does that work? Right. Uh, well, we don't. Uh, we haven't had as many kind of like artists kind of in uh, the community. Mm -hmm. I've definitely met like you know a hand you know a handful at events and definitely kind of you know ask you know, tell them like hey play the game and then mm -hmm. uh, you know make sure to leave your card with the designer. And a lot of times I encourage designers at uh, especially these conventions like like Emerald City Comic Con mm -hmm. that we're at wow. or PAX West that have artist booths. I was like please just go around collect cards ask for quotes. Um, I know that is also very intimidating because, you know, art is one of the most expensive parts of gaming right. as well, of building a game. And so, uh, like, at ETX earlier this year, I grabbed a few other artists that I had worked with before. Uh, one that is from our group that's also a game designer, uh, Dylan, uh, Dylan Mangini. Uh, he, um, he made... Uh, he designed uh, Mephisto. It was on su successful on Kickstarter, but he also uh, was the graphic designer on it as well. Right. And so that whole panel was focused on kind of clearing away some of the confusion on how to actually reach out to artists and what you're kind of looking for and to kind of set certain expectations. Because with art, with artists and working, working uh, uh, with getting art for your game, you kind of have to think about like, like you know the business side of things like budget. You have to think about your time as well because those are usually the two... Uh, um, kind of things that will most likely cause you issues in, yeah. while you're trying to get art for your game is like you know I hear constantly where it's like oh the art is late or uh, you know it was not really I didn't really have a directive schedule for them and so yeah. I just said like oh well here's some money and then get it oh, to me yeah. whenever right. which yeah. doesn't really work yeah. you know, a lot of times you need to have kind of like hard set deadlines right. and then you know some people just don't understand like how much it, it'll cost to and, and another, actually, another big thing is I always tell people, you know, don't go to art too early. If you're still prototyping your game, there's still things changing about it. You may not, you may get art for certain components that uh, may become irrelevant yeah. later, and then you just wasted a lot of money and time. Yeah. And yeah, so leave art for last if you can. Uh, uh, if you're doing like a Kickstarter or something like that, I always tell people, you know, make a get. You know, you can get like a really nice box image, let's say, uh -huh. for, for an artist that would make it, you know, a really nice splash page on your Kickstarter or would be a really good shareable image for social media. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, I wouldn't necessarily go too far unless you already have right. the funds to do so. And, and you got to remember that you got to have the agreement that you own the art. Yeah. If you're developing the game, make sure you get that ownership yes. of the art. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Game. Yeah. There's a definitely we, we briefly went over that there's like templated like art contracts and things that you right. can do. But yeah, definitely make sure you get some kind of rights to actually yeah. publish the yeah. work uh, on the game because yeah, that could get sticky too. It's uh, you you can definitely tell we've been it with Paul and I and, and Rebecca. We we have interviewed a lot of game designers, uh -huh. and one thing we have noticed is that. If your game designer is also a good artist, you that have helps a, lot. a huge edge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of people. 
Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I only know how to draw stick figures, and I'm not good at game design, so nothing. It's never good for me. Well, you can just play test, we'll right? right. We, we do have people that will just come in who just like play testing and picking apart games. Cool. Yeah. And uh, I actually enjoy doing that a lot too, because then I don't like that's I don't have to do any of the hard work. I can be like, that's not working. This feels unbalanced. Right. Uh -huh. I feel like there's something that could be more fun here. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, that's your job to deal with designer. I yeah. wear my hands. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's well. the other thing. I think the benefit of uh, of going through play test. Northwest is the fact that you've got professionals in there that look at the mechanics, the math behind these games, which is very important because mm -hmm. it can break your game. And, yeah. uh, and that, that's good that you can you can do that. Because you're right, if you go to friends, they're going to be nice to you. They just want to be or, nice Or a person you. like me, it's like, eh, my reaction is, well, that just wasn't fun and I can't tell you why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I mean, it definitely takes some, some training, I guess, and some skill building. And I think what's also advantageous of having a large community is you start noticing people have uh, um, really good skills in certain areas. Like me, balance and math, not my thing, not at all. I, I, can, I can definitely tell you if something feels like kind of unfair, and yeah. especially if it keeps happening, it's, uh -huh. uh, you know, it's right. easy to point out. Uh, I love giving critiques on like themes and how they're connected to mechanics and okay. how okay. the kind of, uh, uh, and also uh, uh, the story about it. Okay. My, I wouldn't even think about that. That's yeah, well, okay. um, my background is in, is in uh, animation, and we had to take a lot of like storytelling classes. Okay. Uh, we had yeah. to do a lot of like production management and mm -hmm. those kinds of uh, uh, interesting kind of avenues and it, it's interesting how men, much of that has actually been applied to board mm -hmm. games and has been kind of helpful. Uh, and yeah, you're, you're right, Mo a lot of designers don't necessarily think about that and you'll, you can usually see that in their games. Some people mm -hmm. are really good about the mechanics of it, but then right. I, I've met people who are like, I don't understand theme, I don't really know how to yeah. add it, I just right. kind of put you know, generic fantasy here, and then we'll see what happens. Right. And I mean, depending on your route, like if you're pitching it to a publisher, the publisher can also just take it and be like, well, we got a theme for it, it's fine, you don't have to worry <laughs> about that. Yeah. But if you're self-publishing, that might be a little bit more of an issue and you might need additional help mm -hmm. with that. And then sometimes someone will make a, a, no, it's a great game, mm -hmm. but then they, it comes to writing the rules. Oh, and they're yeah. not great at writing the rules out. It's mm -hmm. like, okay. You need someone else to do that for if you. If you need someone to do that for you, just admit that to yourself and like get, get like that out. Like baseball game. Like that, yeah, is. bottom of the ninth. Ooh, such so an attractive <laughs> game. It was yeah. such an attractive game, and we just couldn't figure it out. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, it's funny. At my current job, I actually have to write a lot of rules, and I work mm -hmm. with copy editors and proofreaders and other editors and I have a, a whole new respect for people who write rule books yeah and um, I, I'm very happy now that I have that experience that I can give kind of like some basic editing feedback on right. people's rules um, and then I often encourage people to uh, just look at other games and if there's a good rule book like mm -hmm. people who are known for good rules like Stonemaier games uh -huh. you know look at those and see what they do and then just try to mimic that I mean yeah, I think right. that's kind of what's so great about this industry too is it's so accessible as far as like you know starting as an indie designer and then becoming mm -hmm. a successful designer you know that there's a lot of work involved, and it may take years, right. but but it, it's still very accessible to do, and you might as well use the resources available that have already, you know, that people have already figured out yeah. to kind of help yourself, uh, and 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 not try and just reinvent the wheel. That's a that's a that's a very good point. Um, yeah, we're in the middle of the podcast, here. but anyway, so uh, yeah, no, I've always uh, always um, if you could move just this. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize the camera was on, you? So, uh, 
Anyway, um, hey, we're in a we're in a convention, so it's great. We get. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's one thing I didn't think about is yeah the rules and gra- mm-hmm. you might have a great game, but if nobody understands, right. it, they're not gonna be able to play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know. I'm just kind of a side thing, you know. I I DM my group and what I do is that and they hate it. I don't know if yeah. they hate the, the feedback. Yeah. It's the feedback for I give them feedback for it. Yeah, 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 it's a lot of feedback. Like homework. A lot of homework and lots of forms to fill out. Not a lot of homework, but no, I, <laughs> I give feedback but to correct myself. And then when the adventure's over, because usually they're like, I don't know, 10 page adventures, campaigns, you know, I'll just like, you know, Rebecca's good at grammar, so I just want to, you know, I'll give it to her and she makes it bleed. But, yeah. um, I make the corrections, and now it sounds logical. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I never, I don't never publish it, but now people you should can publish understand it. it. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll, you know, yeah. I'll yeah. yeah. There, do it. Do it. Get some more feedback. Get some go. more redlining. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have any advice for uh, an up and coming gamer or game designer? Yeah. So I mean, uh, I would say, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these games, while they're wildly successful, and I, you know, mentioned the companies that are involved and the people involved. Uh, couldn't have gotten where they were without like the community itself and so you want to try and uh, no matter where you are Pacific Northwest like obviously you can join our group and join Uh, plenty of other groups but mm -hmm. I ran into a couple people who came from like Montana and other Uh states that are like I don't have that network how do Mm -hmm. I get involved and it's uh, with that you just kind of start building it yourself and uh, you know originally before Playtest Northwest, you know, I tried doing like an unpub mini kind of thing and just set something up at a local game store. Uh-huh. And then you just get people to come in uh, and, you know, if you put up posters, you, mm-hmm. you know, get on the event calendar, you do all this other kind of like social media sharing and, and uh, consistently do events where you kind of get new people, then you yeah. can start building your own community yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I really encourage people to kind of focus on the community aspect of building games because you really do need other people's like input and right. uh, feedback and then uh, you know ideally you want to do the same for them and then that's a much more uh, um, positive way to kind of get started and uh, a way to kind of uh, progress yourself yes. and your game right so um I guess before we sign off, we should people should know how to get a hold of you, the socials, Twitter, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, of course. So you, yeah, you can find us at uh, at Playtest Northwest uh, on Twitter and Facebook as well, Facebook.com/slash Playtest Northwest. And then um, if you want to go to Meetup and find all of our events, it's Meetup.com/slash Playtest Northwest. And there goes a whole bunch of our designers yeah. off that all way. Right. So I'm gonna go follow yeah. them later. Okay. Good. <laughs> you guys got anything? Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, I had a question, but I feel like it got answered. Oh, please. Um, so so if uh, someone like me who knows zero, ground zero, just had a loose idea. So are you step? Are you stage one, or do we need to kind of have pieces made or whatever, or cards right. loosely written out? Because it seems like you're, uh, it seems like people who already kind of have a thing to bring to you to show you. Are, yeah. Are, what you're looking for. Right, so most of the events are kind of set up for playtesting, and so we kind of, most of those events are, yeah, you're right, people bringing what they've already made. And I mean, we we tell people we don't need anything nice. Like, if it's on the back of playing cards, a lot of people just get magic lands and then put stickers on it and then write on it, and that's totally, that's 
exactly what we're looking for. But if you still have an idea and you're not really sure how that's formed, um, I would still go to those events and then you know ask some of the other designers. Sounds like there's all types of contacts and things like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah. how do you get these pieces printed? Yeah, I should, you do you know? yeah, and I should also give a shout out. There's a, another group that's uh, organized on Facebook. It's the Seattle Area Tabletop Designers, and they have okay. a, a weekly meetup that's downtown at Via 6. Um, it's really great because it's all designers, basically, and they are encouraging people who, who just have ideas or don't know how to get started. Cool. And, it, and mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes they're playtesting games, but then they're also there to kind of, like, give more advice to if you just have pieces mm-hmm. and you can lay out pieces and you're like, I don't know what to do with this. I, wa- I have uh-huh. this idea. I have yeah. this direction I want to go. Um, they're, they're really good about asking you questions. Uh, that kind of will help you uh, uh, answer what it is you're trying to do with your game, and then we'll hopefully kind of give you the direction to, to build it. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome, Nicole. Thank yeah, you so thank you much so for much. everything that you yeah. do. You're making dreams come true, and for others, you're giving them a dose of reality. That <laughs> longer to go, yeah. but you're you're helping them out. So thanks a lot, and hopefully we'll see you again in the future. You're going to go to PAX West, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, we'll be there. Any other conventions coming up? Let's um, see. Uh, PAX West, we're also going to be at Geek Girl Con. Uh, Geek Girl Con, uh, we're trying something new this year where we're going to have some playtesting tables, but we also uh, pitched a uh, workshop where you can, uh, the idea is you'll have a a mini bag of components and we're going to have kind of people there to kind of like help you design your own game out of those components. You know, Geek Girl Con's a a family con and so Mm -hmm. we wanted to kind of get, uh, you know, game designers started early. So we're going to hopefully see families and kids and give them some components and see how they make games. All right. Very cool. Thanks a lot, Nicole. Yeah, thank thank you you all so much. Don't forget to uh, thank our cameo appearances yes so many had. cameo appearances yeah well, well you know that, that's okay if, you know people coming up uh, we're in the middle of a con and that mm-hmm. that happens yeah, so yeah you got the most uh, kind of reserved kind of corner area yeah. that you could uh, but there's no place right. safe at a convention well, what, I reali- <laughs> what I really liked is BJ Shea actually walked across our camera because he's probably intimidated by how awesome our podcast is doing oh yeah because yeah. you know out. we're, we're yeah. direct competition yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> alright well thanks a lot take care Well, that was cool, wasn't it? She was awesome. She was very well-spoken. She and really has stuff together. Again, mm-hmm. I felt bad for all the interrupting that I did. Yeah, I was, I was trying to nudge you under the table so yeah. you'd be quiet. She, she answered all my questions before I even asked them. Yeah. It was great. She covered everything. Well, it just tells you how hard it is to be a game designer. Really. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no I mean, idea. There's a lot of work. You can't just half-ass being a game designer. I kind of thought you could. You I kind of thought if you had an idea and a little bit no, of No, no, you cannot. Well, one yeah. thing, one so. thing I learned from all of this is keep your day job. Yes. Right? What if, if, you're, if, what you're if listening, people work huh? at night? What if some not everyone works during the day? Keep your night job. Keep your main job. <laughs> keep the job that pays the bills, that gives you health insurance, <laughs> feeds you, and puts a roof over your head. Or else be super healthy and live in a warm climate with lots of yes. coconuts. Yes. Things. What? Fish to catch. So those of you listening to us on some desert island. Yes. And somehow having internet access. The professor maybe made you a radio so you can listen to our podcast. Yes. That's that's true. Oh, by the way, I want to put a shout out to anyone, the the person listening in Bonnie Lake, who is listening to our podcast right now. I can tell because there's 10 listens from Bonnie Lake. I'm pretty sure that there's only one person. But thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you. Can you please rate us? Please rate us. Five stars. Um, that would be that'd be awesome on on whatever platform you do. <laughs> hey, people in Spain listen to us. People yeah, in they Spain. Do. There are people in Spain. 
Canada, we get a lot of Canada listeners too. The and Puyallup. And that Spain one person Puyallup is listening. To hey, uh, what else do we got? We have another interview that we got at we a recent convention called Dragonfly. Mm-hmm. Matthew Craver. Oh, yeah. He's, Matthew, made, he's yeah. working on a game called Balance of Essence. All sounds right. really cool. It does sound cool. By the way, Matthew, since we're doing this for you, it'd be really great if you could rate us. Thanks, huh, Matt. Buddy? Thanks, Matt. Huh? By the way, remember, when you become famous, you got to remember about us. It's true. Send us free games, stuff like that. If we ever get around to do a Patreon and you become famous, <laughs> throw a couple bones our way, will you? Or money. Yeah, or money. <laughs> okay, let's hear what Matt has to say. Yes. Hey, geeks. Yes, and we are with Matt. That's me. So this is our little segment where we have little game designers who are doing out and sharing their wares. Uh And we're here, of course, at Dragonflight and Playtest Northwest, and we have Matt here. Matt, tell us about your game. Yeah, uh, so my game is called Balance of Essence. Uh, It's a two-player card game, uh, you know, similar to Magic or Hearthstone. Um, When I was working on the game, I set out to solve two uh, big issues that I see with current uh, card games. The first of which uh, is, in most of these games, the player who goes first is just determined by random chance. Uh-huh. Okay. But it can have a huge effect on the game, right? Yes. Um, so in my game, the first turn of the game is played uh, simultaneously and in secret by both players. Okay. Uh, and the way that okay. it works is you will you can play as many cards as you want from your hand. You can play your entire hand if you want. Okay. Uh, when both players are done playing cards, you'll reveal what you've played, and the player who spent the least amount of essence, that's the resource okay. in the game, uh, they'll get to go first for the next turn. Okay. okay. So it's a little bit so pokery. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, the, the intent is that it's a sort of mind game okay. sort of thing. So you want to go first because you get to attack with all your units right mm-hmm. away. Uh, but also you want to build up a really big board and have a whole bunch of stuff out of it. Uh-huh. That's fun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that there's a balancing act of, well, what do I think my opponent's going to do? Uh-huh. What do I want to do? Um, and then number two uh, thing that I was trying to solve uh, is resources. So in Magic, as you all know, probably, uh, your resources are tied to cards in your deck. Uh-huh. So if you draw too many or you don't draw enough, you can have a bad time. Uh, digital games like Hearthstone have tried to uh, streamline that, where you just get one mana a turn. There's not really a lot of ways to interact with it. It's kind of boring. Yeah. Uh, so in my game, the way that it works is uh, the mana that you spend on Essence, sorry, it's not mana, it's Essence. Uh, <laughs> get the branding right. Mm-hmm. The Essence that you spend on your turn is what you give to your opponent for them to spend on their turn. Okay. Hmm. okay. So you're constantly passing this essence pool back and forth, uh, and eventually when it runs out, you'll do another one of those planning phases where it's uh, the secret is simultaneous, and you'll determine a new mana total, Okay. and you'll go from Interesting. there. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And a two-player game, obviously. Yeah, two-player. Like um, and where are you in the development process right now? Of it. And where are all the pieces? Cards and anything else? Uh, right now, it's, it's primarily cards. Uh, I just printed a custom playmat. Uh, okay. the, the board, you play cards out onto a board. Uh, it's a, a hex circle, mm-hmm. and there's two lanes. So there's, there's positional as- aspects to the cards being played out. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's primarily cards that get played onto the board, spells that buff them. 
uh, and then I'm using little tokens to represent like damage and health and um, attack buffs and things like that. Uh, cool. So the design, I'm, I'm, I'm getting pretty close to what I would say the core mechanics would be. Um, and then it would just be a matter of like adding new factions to the game, adding new cards and keywords, and then um, hooking up with an artist and getting art, doing some world building. Um, like I said before we started, I'm terrible at naming things. So like getting a new name, getting better names for all the keywords and all the sure. factions and stuff. But you're playtesting here at Dragonfly. Right? Yes. Yeah. With with Playtest Northwest. Correct. With cool. Playtest Northwest. That's yeah, great. I've uh, I've done a couple events with them in the past, um, at Mox in Bellevue, uh, and then some that they've just done here and there. It's been really awesome just to get random people to show up and take a look at your game yeah. and give you feedback. Like mostly right. before this, I was just forcing my friends to test. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> they got a little sick of it, so now we're, uh, <laughs> so now we're here. Yes. <laughs> How many cards do you have at, at this particular point in your uh, development? Uh, at this point, there are 100 cards. There's four factions, and I have 25 cards per faction. There was a fifth faction, uh, and they're kind of on the chopping block mm -hmm. right now because a lot of their mechanics weren't really working, and okay. I decided to just focus on the other ones. Um, but, yeah, I actually had a the guy that I just did a playtest with. Um, he gave me this really cool idea for a, a card type of wizards where... Uh, you'd have spells that either like only do something if you have a wizard on the board, or okay. they do like you could do one damage or three damage if you have a wizard, okay. or potentially like damage based on your number of wizards. Um, so you gave me a really cool idea for a faction that you know okay. I could make a faction based on so, wizards. And so basically, you've got a two-player game, but you choose one of four factions, um, um, right? Is so it's a it's a deck-building game actually. Okay. So. Uh, the decks that I have right now are pre-made, obviously. Um, so there's when you build a deck, there's two. You take two factions, and you can pick any combination of cards uh, within some rules. Like uh, obviously, because you can play as much mana as you want. I have uh, limits to the certain costs of cards. Mm -hmm. So like, there's no cards that cost more than six. Uh -huh. Those are like your legendaries, your like really cool cards. You can only have six of those in your deck. Okay. Um, so it kind of balances the power level between any two people making a deck, and you have to really think like, which like which legendary yeah. do I want to have in my deck? Um, so yeah, the in theory the the game would be would have the format of a living card game. So you'd buy the game, you'd get the core set, you'd get all uh -huh. the cards for that, and then I could release new factions as an expansion, or you know five new cards for every faction that's in the game cool. as an expansion. Good idea. Um, yeah, because, you know, obviously no one's breaking into the collectible yeah. card game market as a single dude who <laughs> tests on the weekends. So it looks like in your terms of development, you, you said you've been doing this off and on for about two years now. Yes. Um, and as you develop this game, you've got 100 cards right now. Do you find it difficult? It's like, oh, I got a new idea. I want to put a new card in there. But you probably want to limit the number of cards, right? I mean, yeah. you don't want like a 200 cards. Otherwise, it starts getting more expensive for the, the buyer or or maybe the, it gets unwieldy in terms of the mechanics. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, I think where I'm at right now, uh, 25 seems like a pretty good point. There's enough cards that I have roughly two sort of like mechanical themes that each faction can have. Mm -hmm. So when you're building a deck, you could pick... Um, for example, one of the factions has these like defender cards that will protect nearby units from being attacked. Uh, and then they have the terribly named tithe cards, 
uh, <laughs> where the, the, there's like a religious type theme where okay. you play these cards out, they're they essentially they're worth more than they cost. So you're, you're getting like five card, five essence worth of stuff for four. Okay. Uh, the downside is that you draw one less card okay. while that card is in play as like a tithe. Yeah. That's, that's the idea. So you could make, uh, you know, you could take the tithe cards and pair that with something from another faction or you could take the defender card. So it gives, it's going to give people enough options that there's a whole bunch of decks to build around like a couple key mechanics from multiple factions. So right now you're in the process, you were also talking about how, well, you need to, you need to get an artist. I guess that's the next thing. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully one will show up here to help yeah. you out. Yeah. Um, and that seems to be the most costly thing when I'm talking to other game designers is the, is the art. But do you, how far away do you think you are from, and I'm assuming you're thinking about kickstarting it or? Um, uh, yeah, fine? probably. Uh, okay. So how far away do you think you are at that? At this point, um, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, if I if I really wanted to, uh, I could probably start preparing a Kickstarter in the next couple of months, um, getting materials together. I, I think the design is pretty close, um, and in theory, it would you know Kickstarter would give me the opportunity to like get some people interested, and then. Um, you know, kind of outsource the testing a little bit where I could you know, say, hey, here's a couple decks for free, like print and play sort of thing, um, where people could print, cut their decks out, play the game, test it, give me feedback. Um, that would be pretty useful. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's the sort of thing where I could work on it forever, you know, nitpicking yeah. about balance yeah. and design. Yeah. And, uh, but at some point you just kind of say, all right, well, it's good enough. It's time to show the whole world. Are you reaching out to the game design or game um, producers out there to maybe perhaps go that route instead of a Kickstarter route? Or um, I haven't really considered that yet. Okay. Um, that would be cool because then I wouldn't have to do any of the work, right. and they would. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, being like I'm definitely like very passionate about this game, and doing a Kickstarter means you get a little bit more control and you have right. you know, ownership over the whole thing. So. All right. So where can we find you? Um, uh, you said Mox Boarding House. Is, uh, are you looking at any future cons? Um, PAX? I might do PAX. I haven't signed up for that yet because I'm actually going to PAX one of the days. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not really sure if I'll want to also test there. But uh, yeah, don't, not really at the point yet where I can plug any Twitter, social media stuff, unfortunately. Right. Okay. Um, but I don't know. Maybe you can. Uh, I'll hit you guys up when you get to that point. Okay. Yeah. Make well, an addendum to the podcast. If, uh, <laughs> maybe there's some, uh, you know, game company exec that's watching this right oh, yes. now. I don't know. I'm sure they are. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, is there a way to just get a hold of you right now? Just simple email or anything, or do you don't want to? Do that uh, I don't know if I want to give. It. I just <laughs> okay, have a, yeah, a personal right. email that maybe I don't want to broadcast. Okay. Probably not a good idea. Well, you can talk to uh, get. Um, was it uh, Playtest Northwest? Ask for Matt. There's a couple of Matts, but uh, maybe they ask for uh, Balance of Essence. Yeah, Balance of Essence. Uh, Nicole can hook you up. We'll, okay. we'll get we'll get this game we'll get this game out there. Oh. You and me. All right. All right. <laughs> cool. Anybody else? Got any yeah. questions or anything like that? No. Well, that sounds sounds fun. Yeah. Okay. I'll be here uh, ten to two. If you guys get a break, okay. you yeah. come right. check it out. Cool. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Matt. Good luck. Thank you. All right. This section of the podcast is brought to you by Around the Table, Linwood's premier game store and hangout for game lovers of all ages. Buy a game, play one of ours, or join us for a drink. Whichever you choose, you'll have a great time. Around the Table Game Pub. Now back to our show.
that was great talking to Matt. It was so awesome for him to come yes. all the way around the, the the tiny hidden area at Dragonflight, <laughs> and then the back room behind the yes. ballroom. <laughs> that, was, that was very nice. Thanks, Matt. It's, His game sounds fun. It's, yeah, it's not, it's not it very far along, but it, it sounds super fun. Yeah. You put a lot of work into it, it yeah. seems like. Yes. Um, good luck, Matt. I mean, yeah. I, I hope you make it big. I mean, it's always nice to... It's always cool to kind of see these people we interview and then they kind of make it big. Yeah. yeah. Is this how Milton Bradley started? That's what we exactly. guess. Milton Milton Bradley was on our podcast. It was. Yeah. And then they put out a game. He did a, he did a Kickstarter. He did a Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And then, boom. That's right. That, yes. And Mr. Hasbro did the same. Mr. Hasbro, yes. Mm-hmm. And Mattel. Yes. Yeah. Mr. Mattel. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's it for the show, I right? Think, I think that's about it. We're going to play some Dungeons & Dragons now. We are. And, oh, by the way, we've got some pretty cool, awesome D&D... Um, episodes coming up for you. We've got an episode coming up about um, downtime. Yes, which is going to be very interesting. I, I highly encourage you, if you're a DM, uh, to use downtime. If you're a player, ask your DM to include downtime in between adventures. Downtime's fun. And sidekicks. We're going to do some uh, information about sidekicks. Yeah, kicks. Sidekick rules. Yeah. Sidekicks. 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 Have another drink. Rules. Yeah, I guess. So. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm talking crazy. So you are. I think that's enough for me. Do you have any advice or trivia questions or anything? Always choke up with two strikes. I, I do. I always like to tell people, embrace the nerd, and I hope you make that saving throw. Cascadia Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon.